What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Author Sarah Fader told me she remembers a bunch of random things about sexuality from when she was growing up. I remember when I was young, like I want to say like really young, you know, maybe like four, like I remember riding on like a tricycle and realizing that certain angles, I was like, that feels really good. Like riding on a tricycle or like riding a, um, those like rocking horse type things. I remember my parents being like, you really like that rocking horse. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) in my head. I always felt sort of like this weird shame about it. Now that I know it's natural for children to explore those things. I also remember watching, you know, because in the 80s and 90s, like we were so not censored from watching like R-rated movies or things like that. So I remember seeing a lot of sex scenes. And being like, wow, is like, is that how you're supposed to have sex? Like, I remember thinking, like, what's normal or like, what am I supposed to do when I have sex? Sarah kept these questions to herself. She said that sex felt like this thing that you weren't supposed to talk about, except for this one time. Okay, so I remember learning what it was on the playground. Like, I remember, like, this girl being like, you know what sex is? And I was like, six years old. And, she, and I was like, no. And she, she's like, you know, babies are made. And I was like the stork. Right. And she was like, no, a man sticks his penis in a woman's vagina. And I was like, oh, no, like, I couldn't believe it. I remember coming home and, <laughs> and telling my mom, like, is that true? She was like, yes. And then my dad says he remembers having this conversation with me where I was like, it takes so long. Like the guy has to take his pants off. And like, it's this whole process. So I remember being so perplexed by sex when I was younger. Eventually, Sarah's brother tried to educate her a bit more practically. But his version of educating was like, if you sleep with the guy, like, make sure he puts a bag on it. It was all like me trying to get information about sex in this like really roundabout way where I was like, am I allowed to talk about this? Like, it was very taboo, you know? I had these memories of trying to get the right information or trying to understand things, but feeling pretty lost. It's not like somebody was telling me, like, don't talk about it, but it felt, it felt like I wasn't supposed to talk about it. I mean, my parents were like very hippy dippy. But they didn't know how to talk to Sarah about sex. It's not like their parents spoke openly about it. Right? So like, I'm having unprotected sex as a teenager, like recklessly, right? Because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And my parents didn't talk to me about birth control. Sarah considers herself very lucky that she didn't get pregnant during high school. She wasn't protecting herself from that or from STIs. At a certain point, her brother caught wind of her sexual practices. And he said, Yeah, you really cannot be acting that way. And so I got more responsible. Sarah has come a long way since then, and she loves sex, unabashedly. She basically has since she learned what it actually entails and realized that sex and intimacy are a place in her life where she can feel completely free. I feel really sexually empowered. 
first of all, I have so much Scorpio in my chart. So I am like so sexual and it's something that I feel confident about. One of the best things about sex for me is like making my partner come. It, it turns me on when the person is like having a good time. That was so empowering to me because it's so much of a better experience when you're focusing on the other person because that all of a sudden you just accidentally orgasm. Uh, Sarah said that realizing all of that about herself made sex better and boosted her confidence. She felt like she had found this special talent. I felt like, oh, I'm good in bed, right? So it made, it made me feel good about myself. You know, there's certain parts of myself that I'm insecure about. But sex is not one of them. That's where I'm like, yes, I know exactly what I want to do. It's almost like not dominatrixy, but sort of that. I like to tell people what to do. I'm not afraid to be like, do this. No, you're going to do this. Or like, you know, I'm very vocal about like what is working. I always ask the person that I'm having sex with, like, do you like that? It's not necessarily like dirty talk, but it's like communication during sex makes me feel empowered. That empowerment has played a huge role in Sarah's mental health, an area of her life where she struggles and shares openly about in articles she writes and on social media. She's written about her experience with panic disorder, chronic anxiety, and depression. And like me, she manages ADHD. Sex seems to help Sarah in all of those realms. I just am such an anxious person. And, you know, I think I welcome anything that allows me to turn my brain off. So sex is like one of the only places where I can be like, let's fuck. Like, that's it. You know, I don't have to think about how much money do I have in my bank account? right? Like, I don't have to think about any of that crap. Because an orgasm is free, right? Like you can just hook it up. It definitely alleviates my anxiety. Like when I'm feeling really stressed out, if I'm not going to have sex, I could just take my vibrator out. I'll just put the vibrator right on my clit and be like, one, two, three, four, five, done. I'm like waiting for that release. It's almost like when you're getting a massage and you're like waiting for that muscle to just like release itself and I feel like the lead up to like the orgasm is so awesome a stress relief if I'm feeling depressed I'm like you know what make you feel better let's get that dopamine going let's get the serotonin going like even though I don't really feel like having sex or like using my vibrator I know that if I do it I'm going to feel better because I'm going to stimulate that part of my brain Sarah also lives with bipolar 2, which causes depression and occasionally elevated moods, known as hypomania. That interplays with her sexuality, too. For example, you know, if I get hypomanic, I just want to have sex all the time. It's confusing to people, too. Like, why are you so hypersexual? And I'm like, I don't know. And, and a part of it is hypomania, but part of it is just the way that I'm wired. It's like my body just wants to. I, I swear, my body also wants me to have like hundreds of children, I feel like. It's like I, it knows when I'm ovulating and it's like, yeah, let's go. So there's the hypomania thing. There's when you're depressed and you don't want to have sex and it's like your partner feels rejected because 
they feel like, what am I doing wrong? But it's really just that you have no libido. Like that happens a lot. Or maybe somebody has been sexually abused. So it impacts the way that they have a relationship or non-relationship with sex. There's so many different ways that your mental health and sexuality can overlap. One thing I love and appreciate about Sarah so much is the way she shares so openly about many difficult, often considered taboo topics. She has written publicly about grieving her mother, who passed away not long ago. She'll post online when she's not doing okay, or about her ongoing struggles with compulsive spending. That isn't something she used to do, not until she realized that her well-being depends on it. I just really know what it's like to feel trapped in your mind and your body. And I remember just growing up and feeling like, oh my God, my thoughts are so scary. I don't want to be in my head. I don't want to be in my body. I want to dissociate. But I felt like I couldn't tell my friends, or, you know, I could tell, I could talk to my mom about it. But even then there were things that I'd be like, I have these like crazy thoughts and like, they're so scary and I don't, I don't want them, you know? And my mom had depression and anxiety and my dad had OCD. So at least I, ha- I was in a family where they did understand like what it's like to not be neurotypical. But I still felt like when I left the house and when I went to school, I had to be like put on the hat of somebody who was like not ha- having problems. <laughs> and, and also, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you didn't talk about that stuff. So I feel like, Once I felt safe enough because the blogging community was starting to talk about like being on antidepressants, you know, I I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Like people are actually talking about this stuff. The other thing that really contributed, I think, to wanting to be open about stuff is that I was literally getting physically ill because I was holding in all of this pain and, and anxiety and like guilt for having mental illness. And I was like, I will not get sick because of holding all this stuff inside. It has to come out. Like it's making me sick and I refuse to get sick. I had a stomach ulcer, like at all this stuff that was happening, eating disorder type behaviors, like restriction and like almost like orthorexia, like wanting to be healthy, but being scared to even take vitamins. Cause I'm like, I don't know what's in the vitamins, but it was just like, I don't want anybody to have to feel like they have to hide or like they're different or that they have to hold stuff inside. So I feel like the more that I do that and the more that people see like, it's okay to do that, I'm going to do that, that it normalizes it and then we could all feel comfortable. Sarah wants you all to feel more comfortable with your body and sex too, without feeling the need to morph into someone that you're not or go to extremes to feel valuable. I think less is more. So it's important not to try too hard. You can be sexy in jeans and a t-shirt. I remember my ex telling me this and I thought it was so true. He's like, you don't have to dress up. You don't have to wear a dress or like put on makeup, whatever. I find you sexy in jeans and a t-shirt. And I think sexuality is not about what you wear. It's not about the makeup you have on. It's about your vibe. It has to come from within. You need to feel like 
you are sexy. Like you have something to offer. And the more that you are confident in your body and how you feel in your body, you're going to have a good time. It doesn't matter what size your body is. Like you can be sexy and be a large size. You can be sexy and be a small size. Curves are sexy. Being slender is sexy. It doesn't matter. It's about how you feel on the inside. Don't let anybody tell you what is is sexy. If you feel sexy in, in whatever it is, then that, you know, you don't have to please anybody. If you are really struggling with your mental health, Sarah wanted you to know first and foremost that you are not alone. If you're struggling with your mental health, I think one of the things that is so hard is feeling other. If you feel you feel different or you feel like nobody else feels the way I feel, well, they might not feel exactly the way you feel, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who can relate to what you're feeling. You know, human beings are different, but they're not that different. Like there's somebody who's going to get it. So try, 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 try to talk to somebody that you trust about it. Even if they don't necessarily understand, if you trust them and you feel comfortable talking to them, they can lead you to somebody who can help and will understand. And don't give up. Maybe that person doesn't get it. You're going to try somebody else. You keep trying until you find someone who does understand. It's so hard when you're in that state where you're like, I just feel like I'm struggling. I feel like I can't, like nothing's going to change. But also it's good to remind yourself that you've survived this long, that you can go another day or you can go another minute or, you know, like try to find something that's going to, if you're really, really having a hard time and you're like, I, I just can't make it through this next you know, day. Okay, we'll just make it through the next 30 seconds. How can you make it through the next minute? Sarah has relied on that practice a lot. Anytime she's feeling depressed and time seems to slow down or when her anxiety flares up. If I feel really anxious, sometimes I feel like my brain feels like an uninhabitable place. Like I feel like I can't get comfortable in my my head and my body and everything. So she asks herself, what is going to make me the most comfortable in the next minute? What can I do to make myself feel more comfortable right now? Often the answer is reaching for a blanket. She said she really loves blankets. It doesn't even need to be a weighted blanket, she said. Just wrapping up in a blanket like it's a hug. She also relies on her cats. Animals are not going to judge you. They're just going to love you. They're the best. Whether you grab a blanket pet a cat or escape into Netflix, another tactic Sarah finds helpful. She really wants us all to give ourselves permission to rest. Sometimes, like I remember my mom saying this and I think it's so important. Sometimes you just need to go to sleep. Like if you're sleeping so much, that could be a problem. But sometimes we don't realize how fucking exhausting life is. And you, if you feel really emotional and like so overwrought and you can't come up with a solution to something, just take a nap. Like really. I appreciate that advice so much. Even if it's what my mom used to call pretend naps, where you zone out with your eyes closed while you listen to something on your phone or TV. I've heard from a few folks recently who feel ashamed for not having energy or desire for sex lately because of major life stresses or exhaustion. If you relate to that, the best thing you can do for your emotional health 
and your libido is probably rest. Always, always take care of your basic needs first. Sex stuff often works itself out once you do that. Not always, but often. For more support in your mental health journey, you can check out Sarah's latest book. It's called The CBT Workbook for Mental Health, Evidence-Based Exercises to Transform Negative Thoughts and Manage Your Well-Being. It's co-written by Dr. Simon Rigo. And it has all different kinds of exercises to help people with any kind of behaviors that they feel need to change in their life. So it could be something that maybe you're having social anxiety or maybe you have trouble maintaining and sustaining relationships or maybe you have panic attacks. Regardless of whatever issue it is, there is an exercise in there that can help you change your behavior to change your thoughts. You can find the CBT workbook for mental health at the link in the show notes or search for it on Amazon and follow Sarah Fader on Twitter at the Sarah Fader. You know what else can be good for your mental health? Kink play. For folks who are inclined, kink and BDSM, They're shown to be therapeutic. In fact, research has linked BDSM with an overall sense of well-being, boosted confidence, reduced sexual shame, and a sense of community. The Pleasure Chest is promoting kinky play all month long in celebration of Kinktober. Shop their curated collection of the best BDSM toys at thepleasurechest.com. They have floggers, bondage kits, silk ties, nipple bulbs, and more. Again, that's The Pleasure Chest at thepleasurechest.com. And if you're looking for a fun gift for yourself or a friend who loves clit play, check out the Vesper Necklace by Crave. It's not only an elegant necklace, it's gorgeous, but a fully functioning vibrator. And it's my absolute favorite. I just wore it at a book signing event, and few of my dressier outfits feel complete without it. To get free engraving on your Crave Vesper, head to lovecrave.com and use the code GBRADIO at checkout. That's the code G for girl, B for boner, radio at checkout at lovecrave.com for free engraving. Mine says girl boner, of course. You do you. Now, I am so pleased to share Dr. Megan Fleming's voice again for you all with her pleasure pick for October. I'm excited to be tying into this week's episode on sex and mental health by making my recommendation for this month's pleasure pick, the Coral app. Coral is one of the world's leading sexual health apps. And like me, Coral believes intimacy is a pillar of wellness and, simply put, helps people learn better sex. Coral provides a fun and safe place for individuals and couples to freely talk and learn about sex in a way that deepens their connection and intimacy with science-backed methodology. Coral aims to change the status quo by giving its users an easy-to-use roadmap for self-improvement that has been vetted by my fellow experts in the field 
many of them, including Dr. Ian Kerner, Dr. Lori Brado, Dr. Emily Nagoski, and Dr. Justin Lee Miller. So you might be asking, how does Coral work? Well, each time you open the app, you're going to be given a story to listen to, an article to read, a guided exercise to complete, and or a quiz that's personalized to you based on your unique characteristics. And if you have a specific question, you can check out the Explore tab where you can browse topics like what do you do when one partner wants it more or what makes her toes curl or categories like exercises and stories. They also have a discussion forum where you can ask a question and browse existing threads where their panel of experts frequently chime in. For Girl Boner listeners, I have secured a 30% discount code that brings the yearly price to $42. Simply go to tricoral, and that's C-O-R-A-L dot app forward slash new hyphen corallers. Now, that's a lot to remember, so I'm definitely going to have August provide the link in this week's show notes. And it's also going to be available on my website this month and every month's pleasure picks at greatlifegreatsex.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. The Coral app sounds awesome. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear from you with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. A new one posted just the other day, and it completely made my week. I read them all, and I so appreciate the time anyone takes to post there. I hope you will also consider joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner for bonus clips, ask me anything, prize drawings, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.